learn how to see and share Jesus from all of Scripture, well, learn with us at the Christ Centered and Clear podcast. Welcome to the Christ Centered and Clear podcast, where we talk about seeing and sharing Jesus from all the Scripture. And we are going to jump in today to Proverbs 2. I have with me again. Uh, my brother John Aiken, uh, Josh Redberg, and Liam Garvey. And so we're going to jump into Proverbs chapter 2, uh, John, with a summary. So why don't you hit us with that summary? Yeah, so so basically the, the chapter uh, breaks down into two pretty even parts. The first 11 verses, he's trying to motivate his son to listen to wisdom and to get wisdom. And then the last half, he tells the dangers that wisdom delivers you from. And so uh, verses 1 through 4, uh, or a condition give a conditional clause. If you do this, then this will happen. And then verses five through eight uh, tell the effects. So verses one through four, if tells the son to pursue pursue wisdom. Like if you receive my words, treasure my commands, incline your heart, you know, so so forth. Call out for understanding, uh, etc. Seek it like silver, etc. Then this is what's going to happen. Then you'll understand the fear of the Lord, find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, it, 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 his mouth, from his mouth comes knowledge. He stores up sound, um, you know, sound wisdom and so forth. And so that's what he, so that's the first, um, you know, eight verses or so. He's trying to, he's trying to motivate his son to get wisdom. So he says, if you will listen to me, if you'll pursue wisdom, then here's what's going to happen. Here's what it's going to produce. It's going to produce a right relationship with the Lord because he's the one who gives wisdom as a gift. It's going to produce a new ability to walk in righteousness, that you're going to be able to to to, to walk the paths of uh, justice because God's guarding them. He's shielding them. He's watching over the way of his saints. You, verse 9, you're going to understand righteousness, justice, and equity. Again, the art of government um, and every good path, okay, for, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. And so that's, so that's what he's doing at the beginning. Solomon is being a good Hebrew father and a good Hebrew king. He's obeying Deuteronomy 6 by teaching the law to his children. Um, he's obeying uh, Deuteronomy 17, where the king is to be a man of the law, and he's trying to impart this to his son. And so he's basically saying, receive my sayings, hide my commandments within you, um, commit to my teachings, and then you'll be in right relationship with God, and you'll be in right relationship with others, is is basically what he's uh, talking about here, because you know then you're not going to, you're not going to, have perverted speech and you're not going to forsake the paths of, of righteousness and, and so forth. Um, and so the way that this happens and we're, this is going to be uh, something that we, we understand in the gospel explicitly in terms of uh, the word needing, needing to be internalized and then, and then transformation coming from the inside out. Right. And so uh, we see that beginning to, to happen here that the verse two, the words go uh, into his ears. Okay. Uh, and then they're going to go down into his heart, and then they're going to produce change. And so that's the that's the way. Make your ear attentive to my wisdom, incline your heart to understanding, and then there's going to be inward out transformation. Um, and so uh, so he's telling him to listen to him, and then he's telling him to call out for insight. So again, that idea of of wisdom being personal that this is something he calls out to. She called out to you in chapter one. Now you call out to her uh, in, in chapter two. Uh, you've got to be diligent at this. And so there's a there's an interesting cycle there in that in that first in those first eleven 
which is basically like seek wisdom and you'll find God. Um, so seek wisdom and you'll find the knowledge of God. But then the reverse of that is true too. If you find God, then you gain wisdom. We learned that in chapter one because it's it's from his mouth, right, that wisdom uh, pours forth. And so uh, the Lord grants wisdom, he's telling us here, to his his faithful covenant people, and then he guards them from the temptations uh, that are going to destroy them. He keeps them on the right mm-hmm. path. And so then the the last part of it is dealing with the evils that it's going to save you from. And again, specifically, we're introduced to those two groups. Um, it's going to save you from evil peers, and it's going to save you from uh, the forbidden woman. And so it's going to deliver you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, um, who who delight in the perverseness of evil and whose paths are crooked and so on and so forth. And then we're introduced here to the forbidden woman, the foreign strange woman uh, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. Her house sinks down to mm-hmm. death, uh, and, and none who go there will regain the paths of life. Uh, and then he ends with a conclusion in 20 through 22, which is also important. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous, for the upright will inhabit the land. And those in, with integrity will remain in it, but the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be uprooted from it. And so, again, these two, um, there's a lot to say, so let me just try to be very brief. Uh, the, the, the foreign woman refers to a literal person who the son can commit sexual sin with. Later, she's going to be personified as woman folly herself, who's a, who's a rival to woman wisdom. They're described in the exact same way as flatterers who uh, who try to lure you and, and, and prey on you to bring you to death. And so you can see this in chapter 5, verse 3, chapter 7, verses 14 through 21, chapter 9, verses 13 through 17, and then in chapter 2, verse 18, in our passage, 7, verse 27, and 9, 18. And so if the son embraces her, it reveals that the son has rejected the father, has rejected wisdom, and it ultimately has rejected the Lord. And so ultimately, sexual sin is tied to spiritual sin throughout the Bible, throughout the Old Testament. Um, idolatry is described as spiritual adultery uh, in the Bible. And so uh, this woman, with her flattering words, wants to pull you away from God. Um, she's already forsaken the covenant of her God, and she wants to pull you along uh, with her. And then the way that this is described is described in very salvation historical terms. And so the people who who act like Proverbs is not concerned with or is disconnected from the salvation history of, of Israel in the Old Testament are just flat mm-hmm. wrong. Those who embrace wisdom and who, who are in right relationship with the Lord will dwell in the land, okay? Um, and that was the concern of the Old Testament Israel was to was to maintain their inhabitants in the land. And the ultimate curse that they were threatened with, if they did not have a right relationship with the Lord, if they did turn to idolatry, was death and exile. And, it, and the very words that are being used here of being cut off, yeah. being rooted out, come from Deuteronomy 28. Um, and so so he's, he's appealing to his son again. Is, is, what I think is happening here is he's trying to train his son in wisdom so that he can establish the dynasty that that's the concern is not, is not the dynasty in the land and the people remaining in the land and the path toward that is wisdom and the path to 
to being exiled is foolishness. It's mm-hmm. good. Well, well, we'll jump from there to uh, Christ-centered interpretation, how it points us to Jesus. Um, John, I can start with you or Josh or Liam, if y'all want to jump in first. Um, Josh, why don't you jump in first on that? I think the way John talked about it at the end would be the primary way I would connect it to Christ. Um, follow the way of the good, keep to the paths of the righteous. So the imagery certainly is a people moving through the land. I think it builds on chapter one. If chapter one has this imagery of the Garden of Eden and eating the fruit of your folly, death and destruction, but there's a, a way back to being undisturbed, not being, not having the dread of danger, living securely, here is there's a way to live back in the land. And so it is using these events from Israel's history as a way to say, like, this is what I mean by by foolishness. Basically, it's Adam and Eve. It's your forefathers who got rooted out of the land, who didn't live with integrity, who therefore lost their place in it. What we're what we're desiring for you is a way to to return to restored Eden, a promised land. And Christ becomes that's why Christ is our wisdom. He's the only way that leads us into this type of life. So I think that's the primary way I would. The second, a second way would be, I think this contrast between lady wisdom and the forbidden woman is the expulsive power of a new affection. So mm-hmm. I I talked about uh, Odysseus and the sirens of Greek mythology here, <laughs> and how mm-hmm. like the forbidden woman's like those sirens, right? It's this this song calling you. Per- it's it's saying like come delight yourself in us, but it's really going to shipwreck you and you're going to drown. I, I don't I think they turn into like like vampire types that, that then eat them. You know it's pretty gruesome. Mm-hmm. That's that's the forbidden woman, and their the moralistic way to keep from this is to put earwax in and tie yourself to the mast. But the reality is you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that every time. And so what Proverbs says is it, the only way to avoid the sirens of adultery or of just foolishness is to receive the hear the song of wisdom. And so it's a it's a heart change. It's it's something more than mm. just sort of tying yourself to a mass. It's it's not just willpower that's going to keep you from a life of foolishness. You need to love and receive, and you know, using the words of the sort of vocabulary of Proverbs. You've got to receive into your ears and therefore into your heart the the teaching of wisdom that you delight in so much that you actually hear the siren song for what it is. And so I think it's a way to say, you know, like the promise of the new covenant was a promise of a new heart, a heart that that desired the law of God, a heart that that was so enraptured by Christ by the Messiah, by what he's done, that you hear that adulterous woman's song for what it is. It's it's really calling you to death and destruction. Um, so those would be two ways that I would lead to Christ from chapter two. Liam? Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I think uh, that's what verse, I love verse four, how it just draws attention to the mouth of the Lord. Like, not so you can look at it, but so you can listen to what he's got to say. And what has he had to say? Well, all the words that he speaks are fundamentally treasure. And so they should be listened to. That That's what comprises the sweeter song that uh, Josh is talking about. That's great. That's helpful. John? 
So I, I think there's four ways that I kind of pointed to Christ in the in the text. Um, let's see. The first one was that idea of calling out to wisdom, like she called out to you. And so this this idea of you know all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That that that's that's how you um, if you you have to seek wisdom like you're seeking treasure. He talks mm-hmm. about. I mean, so that like seeking and finding the Lord uh, was the first way that I that I did this. The second way was this idea of um, in in inward out change, and so it was this the idea. And so uh, Josh touched on that obviously that that these that we're not we're not after behavior modification here. That's not how God is going to produce uh, morality or wisdom or righteousness in us. That the law has to, and, and we're going to see this language even come up more in Proverbs. The law has to be written on the heart. Uh, for inner transformations, so regeneration, being born again, um, is the only way that we're going to be saved. You see, just a a hint at that here with that whole idea of ears and 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 heart and and so forth, and the and the transformation that it produces. But but that's uh, another way that I I just pointed to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third is is the idea of of idolatry and and how um, these the evil men and the evil woman who are the uh, rivals to the words of the father and rivals to the words of God. And I go back to like what Josh said in our, in one of our previous podcasts, um, how the, you know, the, the Eden imagery of Satan in the garden who distorts reality and he uses perverse speech as it talks about here to get, to get people to, to follow him instead of follow the Lord and how we are called, um, to to refuse idolatry and to worship the Lord alone, um, and so there's there's a lot of that imagery in in Proverbs mm. that we're going to see. Like for example, when we when we're introduced to woman folly, her her house is at the high place, right? So she she symbolizes uh, an yeah. idol, and so we're we're called to make a decision between idolatry and the covenant Lord uh, who's been faithful to us. Are we going to be faithful to Him? And then the last way is just to say, you know, Jesus is not just the wisdom of God, but he's the son who listens to the father. Um, so again, as we think about this book, you know, presenting this hope of, of a king in the future, who's going to listen to this wisdom that uh, Jesus is the one who listens to his father. He's the one who perfectly internalizes his wisdom. He's the one who perfectly keeps the covenant. He's the one who avoids immorality. He doesn't fall in with his peers who are doing evil things. He doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't listen to the enticements of the strange woman, but in the end, he takes the penalty that lawbreakers mm-hmm. deserve, right? He, he goes down to death. He, um, um, he sinks down to death. He, um, and so forth. And then the Lord returns him to the path of life. And so, um, so that you don't have to be dragged down to death because he was for you. And so that, that's kind of the last way that I, in my um, invitation, so to speak, was pointing to Christ. Josh, we'll start with you then on application. So as you've made these connections, then how how are you trying to make this clear to how your people should live it out? I think in the first four verses, the necessity of committing yourself to knowing God's Word. It's just such vivid language. Mm. I think of verse 1 and uh, sort of illustrating with the difference between dial-up internet and broadband internet. Like a lot of our, <laughs> I mean, I grew up with like, you'd go on Juno, try to find um, a free telephone <laughs> number that you might be able to dial up. And I mean, 
you know, there's just this very, it took forever, it was sort of sporadic. It was so bad, like, we didn't really go on the internet very much. It was just sort of a random thing to, I want this piece of information. Well, that's, I think that's a lot of people's con- commitment to scripture, a lot of Christians, is I want a piece of information once in a while. If it's not too much of a hassle, I might do it. But he's saying that it should be a broadband connection to scripture. Like, we're constantly plugged in. We're We're receiving the words. We're storing them up. Like, it's just, it's filling our lives. And so that was just one of the main, main ways. I mean, we just won't know and love and treasure Christ and his word. We won't understand the path of wisdom. We won't guard from foolishness. All of this takes just a life of exposing ourselves to the text. Um, and it takes time. I mean, the, none of those are sort of in, instant metaphors. I mean, you're seeking something, you're inclining your something, you're directing, you're listening. We want things fast and we want things on our schedule, but wisdom, it takes time and it takes time in God's word. So those were Mm. some of the main applications Mm. I made. Mm. Liam, Liam, what about you? Yeah, I I did something similar to Josh in highlighting um, the importance of God's word, the value of it, reading it in the way we should read it. Uh, and understanding the whole counsel of it and how it makes us wise, particularly through the knowledge of salvation and the spirit who lives in us and reminds us of the things that Christ himself taught. But I went on to talk about how um, how it serves as something like a bodyguard for us. And Proverbs, I, I think at this point I was mm. reading this book uh, to my, my, my daughter, uh, or the complete worst case scenario handbook, which had all kinds of things for, you know, how to survive if adrift at sea, uh, how to, how to, my favorite one was, what was it? No, how to escape, what was it? How to survive if your parachute doesn't open or <laughs> purely things that would completely freak out your seven year old daughter at the time. You know, uh, my favorite one was the wow. uh, bedtime. Yeah, <laughs> how, to, how to escape uh, if your sofa bed collapses was my favorite one. <laughs> um, but I think what this does, when you look at what, what it says in Proverbs 2 about the importance of the word of God and how it, it basically helps you understand what's right and fair, every good path. It then goes on to talk about how it saves you from two of these scenarios that are more than life-threatening for us, more life-threatening certainly than sofa beds. The pressure of our peers and the alluring mouth of someone who tries to get us to do things with our bodies that break the sexual norms that God has clearly laid out for us in his word and would then demonstrate by falling into those sins um, that you do not fear the Lord. And so I, I just kind of drew out all the ways that, or some of the ways that these words um, provide protection for us. They're like a bodyguard in a sense. In fact, uh, I think I talked, I used to live in St. Andrews at the time, Prince William was there. And in, in a, one of the most bizarre moments of my life, I saw him walking out of a grocery store and I was just about to say, hey, William. And then I saw his massive bodyguard behind him and then decided not to. (laughs) And then I figured, like, that's what the wisdom of God is like for us, you know, with Mm. us, protecting us. That's what these words do, you know. They actually create in us the kind of knowledge, um, understanding, prudence. They help us do that thing that I was talking about in the last episode of not being, not walking, running, hastily running into things, but stopping, slowing down, making wise choices that are in keeping with the wisdom 
that God has has given us um, as a gift through faith in his son. So that's the kind of thing that I developed um, looking at peers, looking at sexual temptation, uh, undressing just how perverse pornography is, those kind of things. Uh, and it, this is the beauty of it, isn't it? It's so, this is so, such a wonderfully Christ exalting book, but so incredibly practical that you only need to speak for 10 seconds and folks are like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what's going on in my life. Mm, that's good. Yeah. John, any, uh, any thoughts there? Yeah. I just add just a few things. I mean, it's very similar to what they were talking about. Again, it, I, I think of things oftentimes because of, of uh, Jimmy Scroggins being um, our youth pastor when we were younger and so forth I mean, in terms of three circles. And I think I think this is this lends itself to that, that, again, as, as both of them said, this commitment to the word of God or, you know, commitment to the word of God, to the, to the gospel, commitment to Christ um, will guard you from these things that are dangers to you and that God has a design for your life. And when you depart from that design, it leads to brokenness. And we see that clearly. And and so that's what he, he's trying to protect you from that. That's why he, he gives you, he communicates his design, just like, just like a father would communicate to his children. Hey, here's, we don't run across the street. Um, you know, just as a father would communicate to his kids, we don't run across the street. Um, it's not because we don't want you to have fun. <laughs> it's it's because we don't want you to get hit by a car. Um, and so I two ways specifically, I'll just flesh out quickly with this first group of people. I, I really focus on this idea of of um, perverted speech that forsakes the path of a right of right of right uprightness. Um, that that is a distortion of reality, and it's a distortion of the way God ordered things. And so it's calling sin good. Um, you know, and calling and calling, yeah. um, righteousness evil. Um, and you see that in the Proverbs, he who says to the wicked, you are righteous, him, the people will curse, uh, Proverbs 30, verse 20. This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I've done nothing. I've done no wickedness. Mm-hmm. And so people with our mouths and with our words, we justify, we rationalize, we minimize our sin, but we're distorting reality and we're calling sin something other than what it is. Um, you know, a mistake, a struggle, uh, you know, uh, even now in some ways, I don't want to be too, too, um, harsher, but I mean, some of the ways that people talk about trauma, um, can just be an excuse of, of sin. Uh, it can be not, not real trauma, but an excuse of, well, I don't like that. You told me not to do the things that I want to do. And, um, and so we, so there's harmful consequences to that. It leads to brokenness. Mm-hmm. And then with the with the woman, it was talking about. And we'll obviously see this more in in detail in later texts. But the way that unfaithfulness happens is that it often happens with with communication with flattery that she flatters with her words. Um, that you know, Dad has said in his um, marriage seminars, the number one need of a man is respect. And so if if somebody flatters a male that, and it inflates the male ego. And then they Proverbs says become dumb as an ox going to the slaughter. Um, and so flattery can often be bigger, even than an attraction. You can see men who are involved in affairs with, with women that you're like that, that woman doesn't even hold a candle to your wife. And why is it happening? Well, sympathetic ear of a coworker. She laughs at your jokes. She flirts with you at the gym you justify it, you minimum, you know, I'm not happy at home or this isn't happening. Facebook's a huge killer. Just re- being able to re 
rekindle relationships with old um, girlfriends, boyfriends, and et cetera. And so, uh, and then the, the other, the final thing I, I kind of go at, which I think is a, is a huge um, issue that I think we can all say in our pastoral ministry, we've seen she forsakes not only her husband, but she forsakes her vows mm-hmm. to God. And I, I just talk about how she's going to lead you to yeah. do the same because it, it, fundamentally this is idolatry. And and I don't know how many people that we could say that, that I've seen examples of that they are agnostics or atheists now, or they least rejected Christianity. And it has nothing to do with th- philosophy or some kind of theological argument. It has everything to do with they started sleeping with somebody that they weren't supposed to sleep with. And then they said, I don't, I don't want anything to do with Jesus yeah. anymore. Um, and so that's, so that's a danger that'll destroy your life. And wisdom is meant to protect you from yeah. that. That's good. That's good. Well, we will uh, be back next week and looking at Proverbs three. And we thank you for listening to the Christ Center clear podcast, where we're talking about seeing and sharing Jesus from all the scripture brothers. Thank you guys so much for diving in. And uh, I'm glad I got the tagline right this week. And so we can keep it. Uh, We will uh, be back (laughs) next week. Thank you for listening to the Christ Centered and Clear podcast. If you have questions or topics or texts you would like us to consider for future podcasts, please contact us at ChristCenteredAndClear at gmail.com. And please visit us at ChristCenteredAndClear.com for more resources.